Do you know what the secret is to keep a baby's skin healthy? The secret is a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet. You've heard me talk about Pampers Swaddlers on our podcast many, many times now, and that's because Pampers Swaddlers is the diaper for healthy baby skin. Pampers Swaddlers absorbs wetness better than the leading value brand and provides up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. And if you're a fan of Pampers, you've got to check out their new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, which clean better than Huggies Natural Care and are five times stronger, so they resist tearing during a diaper change. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. And if you're like me and you love saving and getting rewarded for something you gotta buy anyway, like diapers, don't forget to download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. You can redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers free and gentle wipes for healthy baby skin. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to ABG, a podcast for the modern-day Asian-American woman. My name is Janet. I'm Helen. And it's Mel. while huh yeah it's it's, yeah it's been a long time last time we recorded or released an episode was back in may oh my gosh it's like half a year ago almost a lot has happened in that time we have so many topics we want to hit in season three but before we do that we need to catch up so who wants to start how about janet Janet. okay time out so janet just had a birthday recently yes and she is now should we announce your age she's now approaching her mid-30s i am well into my 30s i am 33 this year Ooh. I mean, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> cool. um, I was actually just speaking with the ladies uh, on my birthday, and they were so sweet to surprise me with a couple of our friends to a dinner. And it was super touching. And, you know, I think I realized that for this year, this is the first birthday in a couple of birthdays where I felt like it was a really significant change in time. Even when I turned 30, it felt very kind of like, eh. Yeah, I'm 30, but mm-hmm. something about 33 feels very significant and important. I guess that's like the most significant thing that's happened since we've since last we last hung out. I don't know. <laughs> about, um, I aged basically. <laughs> <laughs> but like dating, like how's that going? Oh, you mean how it's not going? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I mean I think along with the theme of a new year, this year I really do want to focus more on self and self development. I think that I spent a lot of my early 30s developing my sense of self outside, meaning mm-hmm. like how I am at work mm-hmm. uh, with friends, but this year is going to be a digging deeper within myself so that I can be better prepared with a partner or for a partner. So basically screw men right now. (laughs) Just kidding. Literally? No, no, no. I I mean, don't screw men right now. No, I haven't. I'm still casually on the dating apps. I haven't really, I've gone out on a couple of dates, but I don't know. I'm focused more on kind of internal and, and, just personal scheduling type stuff. So go you. Uh, I don't know, but we don't. Maybe next episode, I it might change. So that's how I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll check so. in with you every episode. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Mel? What's your update? Let's see. Last time we spoke, I recently got promoted. So that mm. has been a, a pretty big shift for me in terms of like my work. It's definitely 
been a change. I'm spending more time at the office than I expected. So I'm there until like sometimes eight or nine. So my focus has really been on my on my job. In terms of dating, I have joined Janet on the dating apps. Okay, back welcome, on. Welcome back to the dark side. <laughs> and I also left the dating apps <laughs> because I'm just like, oh man, like I think I am open to dating now and I'm ready for it. But when, I'm on, when I was on the dating apps, I'm just like, this just doesn't feel right for me. Did that ever mm. materialize into an actual date or were you just talking to people and then you just kind of yeah. dropped it? I kind of talked to him just like, oh, I don't feel anything. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna step back and not be on the apps right now. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll just happen in person, hopefully, yeah. like at a grocery store. It didn't feel organic to me at yeah. all. Mm-hmm. And I did feel that way before when I was on the dating apps. But this time I was like, yeah, it doesn't feel right. So I'm not going to really be actively on it. Yeah. You're just um, going to be at the grocery store every Tuesday. Every Tuesday. Every Tuesday from at 6 to 9. Ranch. <laughs> and Torrance. Every Thursday and Saturday for any man who wants to come and uh, pick up on Miss Melody. Yeah. <laughs> You should just keep, like, keep dropping things and then seeing who comes <laughs> yeah. by and picks it up for you. Watches like no one does. And I just <laughs> picking, picking it up myself. I think I could relate to Janet. I feel like right now the period of my time is, especially like going through so much in 2018, I want to focus on me and like call it the leveling up season. Mm-hmm. It's time to focus on you. And like I think as you continue to progress in your own personal life, like a man will naturally just come in. Mm-hmm. So the right man. Will the come. right person yeah. will come in. I think a lot of people do say that when you're not focused on dating and you're focusing on yourself, that's yeah. the most attractive because that's when you're feeling confident and yes. sexy and then that like aura just spreads to everyone around you. Yeah. That's what I'm trying for, you know? Yeah. Spread that aura. <laughs> I won't wear deodorant and I wear that aura. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wear deodorant every day. But I guess like the biggest thing I would have to say that I learned from 2018 in my, in my breakup, I learned through that relationship that I'm actually really ready for a committed, serious relationship. And I was like, mm. oh, surprisingly, even though like I went through all that shit and, and the pain, I'm like, you know what? I'm ready for one. So when it comes, You'll I'm ready. ready. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's, what I've been up to. And what about Miss Helen? Yeah. You've been on an adventure. I've been on many adventures. <laughs> so I've been gone for three months. And I think people know by now that <laughs> I was in Spain. But while I was in Spain, I also traveled to a bunch of different countries. 10 countries, 25 cities. While working th- throughout the week. So a lot of people were like, are you even working? Yeah, and what? Yes, I was working. <laughs> and then during the weeks, I would actually plan for weekend adventures. Mm-hmm. Very last minute planning. But saw a lot of things and it was also my first time in Europe I've never been to Europe before this trip Mm -hmm. so just absorbing all of it I'm just like how have I not been here before this Europe is amazing yeah at the same time it's definitely not what I had expected it to be Mm -hmm. it is very challenging to go somewhere on your own and this is the first time that I went somewhere by myself without like anyone else so I did a similar stint in India for two months where mm-hmm. I went to go train our India team and I had someone else with me this like big white dude who was <laughs> who was there with kind of like my protector as yeah. we were walking around so I always felt safe the attention I, deflected to him essentially exactly yeah, so yeah. exactly <laughs> but it, but what I realized is that I've never been to a place just solely by myself especially a place where I don't speak the language and yeah. feeling that feeling of just absolute loneliness and that there's like no one that really cares about you on the entire side of the world, oh. right? So it was like a really challenging feeling and we can talk more about that. Yeah, and that is actually the topic of today's episode. We wanted to dive deeper into Helen's experience and specifically related to the topic of travel and spending time abroad. You know, a lot of you guys are entering the workforce and you guys are traveling internationally or have the option. And also we want to hit on the topic of just traveling domestically. You know, for example, um, Jan and I both moved from 
like LA to SF, SF to LA, Helen moved from Boston to LA. So you want to touch on that topic as well in this episode. That's kind of how I split my experiences. There were kind of two stints that I did 10 week programs in Kenya and Miami respectively for like work related things. And then two instances where I moved uh, cities within the US uh, to San Francisco and then again to New York. And I kind of separate those experiences because I do think that it's very, it's a, you have different challenges and a different mentality when you're there for a place and it's a finite period versus kind of like open-endedly moving to a new city. And for me, I did travel a couple times to Asia when I used to do freelance tour managing. And I could talk about that. And I did move to LA from SF and that was definitely a shock for me because moving here and not knowing anyone could be a difficult time. Yeah, and I think more often than not, that is the biggest thing that you experience, right? You don't have your safety net. Mm -hmm. And you start to also realize that back home is where you have sort of like your comfort Mm -hmm. and your friends. And you, and you realize that you've taken some things for granted, mm-hmm. right? Things that worked easier for you and it's just part of your life right. and you don't even realize it until you're away from that comfortable environment and safety net that you're like, oh, I don't have that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> or, and even appreciating just like being around people that share your values, right? Yeah. I remember I was like, oh, I love, you know, I want to move to New York City and then I hate like the, su- the suburbs of Orange County and then I came back and I was like, oh my God, trees and space. Yeah. <laughs> So while I was abroad, so this is back in August, we actually did a little bit of recording Mm because we wanted to record something more real time while Mm -hmm. I was away. So we can play that, but just a little bit of a caveat. I feel like overall the tone of when I was there recording this was that it was negative. And I think it might have been because we recorded maybe halfway Mm -hmm. through Mm -hmm. my time there. So only like a month and a half or so in. And I was still getting over all of the different challenges. But at the same time, I wanted to bring up more of the negative things because I do feel like social media these days, it it paints a very fabricated view of what traveling is like Mm -hmm. and looks like. Mm -hmm. Like everything is not perfectly filtered. Everything's not perfectly placed, you know, and there's like no trash anywhere. That's not (laughs) correct. People erase trash from their pictures. So while I was abroad, I think a part of also going there, I imagine travel to be what we see in mm-hmm. social media, right. but that's really just not the case. So if it sounds a little negative, that just is what it is. Yeah. It was a reality check, right? It yeah. is. Yeah. It is. And I think that people need to realize you actually went to work. Yes. You, know, you weren't there right. for fun. I mean, you no. did yeah. schedule in time to travel for leisure, but you were there to for your job. Right. Yeah. And then, and the challenges of having to operate, like to work in a country where you don't speak the language and you have a different like social etiquette with those people culturally and like work habits, right? Mm -hmm. Like that is super challenging. Oh my goodness. It was extremely different. But anyway, here we go. Play. So right now in LA, it is about 8 a.m. on a Thursday before work. Uh-huh. Um, Miss Helen joining us from across the world. So tell us a little bit about how your day was. Has it been hard to adjust? Oh my gosh. Okay. So the first seven weeks here sucked uh-huh. like really, like really, really bad. And I know I've like told you ladies about this briefly, but it was, and I don't, I don't like, like to talk about it too much. Cause I think people say like, Oh, you're traveling in Europe. Like that's like the best thing, best opportunity ever. Like, why are you even complaining? So there was a part of me that felt very guilty Mm -hmm. for talking negatively about the experience my boyfriend heard all of it and I'm pretty sure I was like mildly depressed for the first couple of weeks that I was here crying and just like lonely and sad and I think a lot of people do think that when you're traveling like have fun just get out there like sure you can say that but that's 
not the case if you are traveling alone, don't know the language, don't know how things operate, and just like literally feeling invisible because no one really wants to help you. There was one point when I had to move apartments and I didn't have like a place to live because I got to my apartment at 9.30 and I was supposed to get here by 9, but no one had communicated that to me. So I was pretty much out on the street with like my two big suitcases, one small carry-on, a a duffel, and then I had this huge comforter, like a queen-size comforter, practically immobile and couldn't like go anywhere. And I didn't know what to do. Like I couldn't get into my apartment Mm -hmm. and I was like thinking about just sleeping on the bench don't have anyone to like call up and just say like hey uh, can you just come by and maybe can I stay over for a night or something or um, can you just like help me bring my stuff to a hotel yeah Yeah. like I had no one to call for that and that that is probably the saddest feeling I've ever felt that I can think back and recall on just feeling like no one around you cared about you Oh my God, man, yeah. that makes me sad. <laughs> so what happened? Like, where did you sleep? So, so I was like calling uh, my boyfriend and literally just like crying the whole time. And I was like, what do I do? And like data is super expensive and I didn't mm. have Wi-Fi. So it's like just calling people and looking things up took, I knew that was going to be very costly too. So all that combined. Eventually I was able to reach someone through work who reached out to the owner of the home. So there's like an agent and then the, and then the owner and the owner actually drove like an hour to me and let me into my apartment. But I didn't get in until like 1230. So I was pretty much just sitting outside on the bench mm-hmm. with all my stuff on the streets for three hours. unsure what I was going to do. Dang. One thing that is also surprising is that... So, I mean, I've never been to Europe before. This is the first time I've ever stepped foot into Europe. And I guess I never really thought about the color of my skin before and being cognizant of the fact that I look different from other people as mm-hmm. much as I have here. Yeah. Especially if you're traveling by yourself, you're just very cautious about everything around mm-hmm. you. And before I got here, people told me like, oh yeah, Europe is like, petty theft is really big. And I was like, okay, well, people are going to target me because I look like a foreigner. And I was like, oh shit, I can't like leave my room. I can't like do anything. So literally there were times that I would just like stay at home and not want to go out, not want to do anything. Have you been able to like meet some people there as well? I think that's another thing where we say like finding friends as an adult is difficult, right? Mm -hmm. But like finding friends as an adult that speaks a different language than you is like super difficult. (laughs) I mean, I feel like I'm a pretty friendly person. I can make friends pretty easily. But I think here, I mean, people at work were very friendly. But I mean, just imagine for us, right? If someone were to come up to us and they like only spoke mandarin or something like that like it'd be difficult to really integrate them with within our group Mm -hmm. and if you know they're gonna leave anyway do you really want to make that effort right yeah Mm. i remember helen was saying or she was like messaging us she's like this is like online dating this is freaking (laughs) hard because when we hang out with your boyfriend he's like yeah helen's like he's like so he's like so understanding of your situation you could just tell so i'm like oh that's good yeah how has that been then like trying to maintain like relations with your family and your friends while you're abroad, especially because the time difference like we're finding is like almost day and night, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that, I mean, that hasn't been easy. And and I I feel like every time, so I talk to my boyfriend when I go to sleep and then that's when he wakes up and then vice versa, we started to do this thing where we wrote emails to each other. So it'd be a lot more like in depth and detailed about our day. 
because we found that like every time we talked to be very surface level and be like, okay, it's 3 a.m. I got to go after like a two minute conversation and be like, yeah. okay, what the fuck? <laughs> I love how you guys email. That's so old school, sort of. It sounds weird to say old school about emailing, but do you feel like that's actually kind of like enhanced your relationship? At first it was very difficult because I was a hundred percent reliant on him for my happiness because I couldn't find anything here that made me happy because I felt so out of my comfort zone. Like that time when I was uh, pretty much out on the street, I was like, where are you? Like, I need you right now. If you're not there, I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? So over time, in my own mind, I was like, okay, well, I, I need to be more independent and not so reliant on him. And I need to find different things that makes me happy because he is so busy within his own life that he can't just drop everything to, to talk to me and make sure that I'm doing okay. Yeah. So I think overall, that was for sure like a growth aspect. And I think I'm like pretty much there. Like after that seven, I remember that seven week mark, I was just like, fuck it man like yeah. just go have fun Ugh. <laughs> like whatever this is temporary and I mean I was I've been trying to tell myself that but it wasn't until I don't know that seven weeks mm-hmm. when you start getting yeah. more comfortable with places around you speaking the language and all that I think being in a really moment of insecurity in a foreign country like you're able to turn it around and be like you know what I'm gonna take action I'm gonna fucking learn Spanish I'm gonna be like all right boyfriend yeah wait a bit I'm gonna go have fun you know and do you so I think it's really empowering yeah. that you're able to do that. And like, I was talking to you yesterday about this and you're like, you're actually kind of sad to come home now, right? Because you lo- you actually enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's weird because like being here, I've had some of my lowest lows and also some of my like highest highs. And it's just like emotional roller coaster all over the place. Mm-hmm. If I know that if I were 20 and I kind of like didn't really know where I needed to be and wasn't really grounded anywhere, that it would be a lot easier. Because now me being over here, I'm like, okay, well, I know I want to build my life in LA. I know like my friends, like you guys, I want to like fortify those relationships as well as with like my boyfriend and family and all of that and like build something together. Right. Mm -hmm. And so a part of me always felt like my heart was always at home and and Mm -hmm. the other part was just like, what the fuck am I doing? (laughs) Yeah. You're over here, like pretty much with a Spanish knowledge of like a child and trying to get by, like, what are you really trying to do over here? But at the same time, I know that just putting myself in that place has grown different aspects of my life in terms of like independence. So when you return though, is there, it's kind of like a nice fresh slate though. Like you're going to return to a life that preexisted, but are there any key things that you think you want to change or that you want to bring with you from Spain? Oh, I think like having more time to myself. Like I realized that in LA, we're so busy Yeah, and- the good thing about being here is I can literally count on my one hand the number of friends that I have. And so I have a lot of time for myself and I'm able to like read a book, like <laughs> write in my journal more often. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in LA, it's just like every single minute is taken up with something. Even if it's like a personal thing, like working out, it's always like something's always scheduled in there and there's no like mm-hmm. free time to just let your mind wander. Right. So I don't know how that's going to happen, but that's something I definitely want to bring back. I definitely want to hang out with you guys, though. I'm not saying I don't want to hang oh, out no, with no. you guys. <laughs> don't worry. You're going to text from us. Um, let's go out. <laughs> I know we got to sign off soon for this portion because we got work. Got to get ready for work. Appreciate you ladies talking about my experience here. I feel like I've been so negative about everything. But you know what it is? I don't think I mean, so. I just think, like, honestly, it's like when you're going through these times, like, it's 
Imagine being isolated and feeling so alone. Yeah. Like, you can't help but feel a little dark and depressed. And it's just like, that was your experience. It, it is what it is. Like, you're not, you're not shitting yeah. on the country. It's like, it's great. But like, I personally had a hard time. As a foreigner, you have to realize that you're a foreigner in someone else's country. And so I kept trying to tell myself that, that it's like, you're the weird one. Like, you're <laughs> the one that needs to adapt. That sounds like an exercise in humility, right? It, like, it brings you to kind of recognize that something is different, but yeah, that maybe other people's way could have its benefits. All right, ladies. I know Janet has to go to work. It was good catching up. Yeah. Oh, just, yeah. So for Mel and I, we are now going to go start our day and Miss Helen is going to... uh, And her day? Wrap her day? Yeah. Um, you guys, we actually, me and Janet woke up at 7 a.m. to do this recording with Helen. Yeah, LA and Madrid literally is like an eight hour time difference. So it was kind of like day and night. It mm-hmm. took us, I think, a week to just like schedule this yeah, recording. Yeah. So that was great that you guys got to hear kind of the real, um, like that was Helen's perspective while she was there. Now we wanted to kind of maybe let's just walk through the life cycle of what it's like to go abroad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, start from the beginning. Imagine that you just kind of made the decision you're going to go. How are you feeling? I was extremely excited because I'd never been to Europe. I had heard all of these great things about Spain, about the culture, like the very deep history that's mm-hmm. embedded in all of Europe. And I was very excited to go. Even just like... I remember the first day going to the street corner and getting fresh bread for less than one euro, like a mm. roll of bread and just sticking into my purse and feeling like I was part of a foreign movie. Yeah. I was like, this is dope. <laughs> but this then is the dough. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is dough. This is Sorry. dope dough. <laughs> I have to go in there. Yeah, I could definitely, I can, I'm trying to like remember when I went to like Kenya or even like when I first moved to New York, it was... Yeah, the first moments where you land and you're, everything you're seeing is brand new and stimulating mm-hmm. and inspiring. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it felt like really fresh and, and good. Yeah. Man, I, I think naturally I'm just a worried worry worry wart. Oh, yeah. Are you one of those people that's like anxious all oh, the way my God. up until you're there kind of? I'm anxious. Yeah. Like, yeah in I'm, the beginning too. It's just nerve-wracking because I even remember moving to LA. I literally packed my stuff and I had to be the first one to get the keys for the apartment. So I was like, fuck, I'm running late. I actually uh, got pulled over by the cops because oh. <laughs> I was running so late. I was like, but I, I swear I'm just moving and I need to meet this time for the leasing office. Yeah, yeah. But arriving to LA, because like, I think in general, like when people move to LA, it's like, oh, it's the like, city of dreams. Yeah. And I got here, I was like, shit, these roads are fucking narrow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I noticed is just like, and it's weird to think that like I'm actually being living here. Mm. It changes, even though like I'm from like the Bay to LA. I was nervous for sure. So one of my first gigs as like a freelance tour manager was to go to Malaysia and I was there by myself. Ooh. So that was scary for me because I was 23, 24 at the time. Okay, yeah. So I was young and then I like, I never been to like, to, to Malaysia and I was literally like shitting my pants the whole fucking time. Because it's just, it's foreign. You don't know what to do. Like yeah, how yeah. to get Wi-Fi? How do I get the currency? I don't know any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. so for me, I... <laughs> I'm not excited until I land. Okay. And it sounds like for Helen, because you started hitting some of those issues that Mel's discussing as well, right? Pretty much day one after the whole (laughs) baguette (laughs) story. (laughs) You got your bread and then you're like, uh, okay, now that that's done. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to talk about like after reality hits, um, you get homesick. Yeah. And I think that's naturally the next 
phase after feeling these like frustrations mm-hmm. in your experience yeah. of things that you're not comfortable with. It's like, well, I kind of miss home because home is where things are comfortable yeah. <laughs> and things are easy and yeah. you know how to do things. You have people that you can connect with. And they yeah. can trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I think luckily technology is so amazing nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, when I moved to LA, I actually didn't know anyone. Like, a lot of my friends moved back home to the Bay. So, one thing I relied on heavily was like FaceTime with my mom. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a blessing is that LA is kind of pretty close to SF. So, I if I'm really like fiending for home, I could drive back in five, six hours. And I do have my friends come visit me from periods of times. And it's just like, getting that dose of home, it just feels so good. Yeah. You know, it's like, th- these are people that understand you and know you for who you are. And when I actually first moved to LA, one of the difficult things I faced was like, feeling that people didn't understand me sometimes. Or like, mm-hmm. I would act a certain way and that's like, people are like, I don't get you. And I'm like, what? Like, but I'm... Yeah. You know, getting misjudged. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah. that's something I faced. And so, when you have your friends come down, your mom who, who gets you, you're like, you get me. Like, that feeling feels so great. Yeah. You know? I know for me, yeah, the time that I spent up in the Bay Area right after college, similar to Mel, like I was able to drive home. So I do remember having many like weekends that felt empty because at first I didn't really know anyone when I was up there. But yeah, I was able to visit home like once a month. But probably the hardest experience of missing home, I remember being in Kenya. I was, I think it might have been week seven or eight when I was really close to the end of my 10 weeks and it hit so hard because I couldn't this was in like 2008 so the technology was mm-hmm. like I had a janky little cell phone and mm-hmm. I so I could only hear my I had like a couple phone calls with my parents but otherwise it was like really no one and I just remember like sitting in the kitchen of the like home of the family that I was living in and just like staring out the window at me like oh my god I could like I'm like counting down I got three more weeks come on yeah. I can do this yeah. <laughs> so far away from home yeah I feel like the word home was like really emphasized while I was mm-hmm. this time around while mm-hmm. I was away and I guess, yes, because I because I missed, like, the comforts of home and things yeah. that were easy and all of that. But I just remember there was one time, so I went to a very small city, beautiful city that's, like, two, three hours away from Prague, mm-hmm. Sesky Krumlov. So I was there, and I remember thinking to myself as I was in that hotel room, like, damn, home or the next level of comfort is that hotel room in Prague that I was staying in. And home beyond that is Madrid and that's not even really my home home right like I couldn't wait to get back to Madrid because during that period of time I was actually really I felt very far away from places and lonely and I think a lot of people also say oh man like don't you just want to escape to like Italy or escape to a very far place where no one knows your name that sounds amazing but at the same time when you're there you're like yeah uh (laughs) I don't know if I want to be here yeah and I remember, so yeah, Madrid was like my next home stop. And then thinking back, like LA is my next home, home stop, but yeah. LA is not even my home home. And I was like, right. Boston's my home. Yeah. I am so many steps away wow. from home right now. Yeah. And yeah, that's when it like hit me and I felt super just like lonely and far away from everything uh, at that, at that time. So then like now, how do you define home? I would say, I think LA is my home mm-hmm. where I live, but Boston's for sure is like my home home. Yeah. Like my home. start, start zero. Yeah. <laughs> and I've expanded from there. Yeah. Right? It's like LA's your Location. extension. Yeah. Right? And I, yeah. I feel the same way with the Bay. It's just like when you go back, everything is kind of how it was when you left it. Yeah. LA is like where you're starting, like your life. That's how I kind of feel it. Define home differently or the same as you. Yeah. One thing that's really difficult when you're starting a new life or working abroad is like, you feel lonely because you have no friends or you're literally starting fresh. It's like, how do you even build your network or your foundation again, right? And I think 
I had no friends moving here. I had some people you could rely on, but I think, because uh, we get messages from people saying like, oh, like I'm moving, like how do you guys make new friends? Like how mm-hmm. do you do this? And I think, I think the first thing you feel when you're experiencing this stuff is like, I feel fear. Like yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to put myself out of my comfort zone. You yeah. know, I already, I'm already uncomfortable, but, but in order for you to like build that foundation that you actually need in a new city or whatever, it's like, you literally have to be like, all right, I'm uncomfortable. I got to be a little more uncomfortable to right. make friends and really extend yeah. that hand out to people you might not really know as well, or yeah. just like putting yourself out there. I know Helen, you're, she was joking around with us saying like, is this how it feels to like, to to be on a dating app and like yeah, yeah just people, putting yourself out there yeah, yeah. Right? I was on like uh, meetings.com <laughs> <laughs> the most basic searches yeah and like Facebook expat groups and all that and I would message people and be like hey I'm new here like I see you're new too yeah and like copy and paste that message and just send it I'm like is this what people do for dating yeah, just like yeah. sending the same greetings to everyone and now being like 27 I have a lot of friends who are younger that are moving to different cities or moving into LA now and like they don't know how to make new friends but Mm -hmm. I think it's just like your first instinct really is to like I want to be myself like comfort is like I I can rely on me but it's just like to a certain point like you gotta meet people somehow and it's like you I think and that's for me New York was a really humbling experience because I think generally in the past when I moved it's like you know, I'm used to just being this like independent person and ambitious and I'm gonna go because I have a task that I want to accomplish and then you get there and you realize oh wait, I need people. Like, you know, your your day isn't going to be 24 seven working or doing whatever it is that you're out there to do. And I think as, as an alternative to, um, or as like a compliment to, to just kind of cold reaching or like going out and searching for people also ask your friends. Cause like I met a lot of people in New York through friends of friends and that was a really good, and that probably harder to do in like Spain. But if you're moving, if you're doing like an inter us move, that's always a good thing to like tap your college network, even like working like coworkers if they have friends abroad mm-hmm. yeah. or in that city. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I agree. I think community groups also really help. Yeah, like uh, meetup meetups.com mm-hmm. is another meet, meetings. Yeah, <laughs> meetups. <laughs> meetups.com I did yeah. use in New York as well. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of weird people there. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of that was it's a little bit like the Craigslist of yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, I actually remember when I went to Malaysia that I felt very I felt very scared. Yeah. Um, it was my first time. But luckily like what Janice said, like I was connected to a friend there who knew how to speak English. So it's like, I didn't even know him, but it felt like I knew him right away just by him going to dinner with me. And it was just like, just having that little moment, yeah. it meant a lot. You know, it's just your dose of home, even though he wasn't even from US, he was like from Canada or something. Okay. So you're dealing with the feeling of loneliness and homesickness, but eventually you'll hit kind of a, a period where you start to develop your pattern and your habits and you learn kind of like where your lunch spot is maybe or, or different things like that. So maybe share with us when that kind of started for you and what were those moments? It takes time. I think when you first arrive at an area, you don't know where what the next street looks like. You mm-hmm. don't know where things are. But then when you start having your like local grocery store that you always go to yeah. or like the bar that with a really nice bartender that mm-hmm. always gives you like an extra shot or something yeah let's go there <laughs> <laughs> and like just realizing like hey here i'm in a place right now that has three dollar wines there's siestas tapas free snacks like there's so much other things here that i'm not going to get when i get back, back to the states and then when i start to realize that that's when i think my uh mindset started transitioning mm-hmm. 
And then I also took, started taking Spanish classes because I realized like I couldn't order anything from a restaurant other than pointing at shit and be like, <laughs> uh, which one? Yeah. So yeah. it's really being proactive, right? So you saw that the experience is not going well. You were doing things to like open yourself to the culture and establish like a sense of like presence there. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So this is actually a moment when I was in traveling in India mm-hmm. where that was a very huge culture shock. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was like, what am I doing here? Like, I don't understand their way of life. And I kind of just wanted to like sit there and wait for the two months to go by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It hit me that it's like, okay, well, Helen, you are a foreigner in their country mm-hmm. and they've had like centuries of history that's built up to their present day. Mm-hmm. Who are you to come in here and say what they're doing? is not the right way mm-hmm. of doing things. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it was until I had that moment of realization, I was like, okay, well, maybe just try and adapt and fall into how they do things and try and learn something like a mm-hmm. thing or two mm-hmm. yeah. to bring back. But yeah, that, that happened in Spain too, where I'm like, Ugh, I don't like how they do things. Like and now you I'm resist like, and then you open up. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm like, dude, two hours of yes is fucking great. Yeah. What, was I, <laughs> what was I so concerned about? <laughs> yeah. I would say for, for me, um, or, and this is maybe a tip for anyone who's like moving to new cities or like taking time. I would have my like regular habits or like I would make grocery shopping an event and I would do that maybe twice a week. Right. And that becomes like an activity where you're going out regularly instead of just like staying in by yourself yeah, or yeah. something yeah. like that. And then I would extend it. Like I would walk to the grocery store instead of taking a cab or something. Mm. And then like coming back from work from Kenya, I would always stop by a certain shop to get peanuts or to get roasted corn and interact with the people. So just building kind of like habits outside of the home, habits, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Especially cause like I am a very introverted person and it could have, it's very, my default is just to like stay by myself yeah. to go home to my family, have dinner with them and like go to bed. Yeah. Actually, that's exactly what I did in Spain. So I was choosing gyms and I was like, Here, here's a really nice one, like an Equinox type gym or one that's more cost conscious. Yeah. And I was like, well, I want this to be my mundane activity. That's also my oasis. Yeah. So I went for the more expensive one. And actually that made like a world of a difference because I spent a lot of time there. Right. I actually got the most fit I've ever been because I was in the gym so much because that's like <laughs> my activity that felt like home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. These like small things that just give you a sense of home yeah. because you're used to, you know, I mean, weights are weights. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're yeah. consistent wherever you go. Yeah. yeah. I definitely, I did that in New York too. I, I joined a gym and then also this sounds silly, but walking the streets, Whole Foods was always my like safe space. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause it's, it was like, I'm familiar with that market. I know I can get the drink that I want. I know that I can get the lunch that I want. So, you know, you and find... this is terrible, but Taco Bell was my <laughs> <laughs> Taco Bell in Spain. <laughs> so wrong, but so right. <laughs> I think one thing I really enjoyed now that I'm looking back after I moved to LA is like to look back and be like, you know what? I actually made a life for myself here. You know, yeah. I think that I think that's like a really great feeling after yeah. like going through all that discomfort and all that like struggle. It's like, you know what? Like I I have a job now that I'm comfortable with. I have friends that I can rely on. I think it's kind of similar to college when you you go into school for the first time and you're trying to like figure out your group and like your yeah. orgs. But after like midway into year one, you're like, you know what? I found my groove. Yeah. I think eventually at some point when you move for work, you know, go abroad, you'll reach a point you're like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. I, I'm good. Yeah. And I think it's just like knowing that in the beginning, it's going to be uncomfortable knowing that you're going to struggle a bit. But then after that, it's going to be like so much better. 
And I think it's good, Mel, that you mentioned that timing it, about a year. And that's something for our listeners, um, you know, like to be patient with yourself because it really does. I've heard from multiple other people who've moved cities that it takes about a year of time to really mm-hmm. adjust mm-hmm. and to get comfortable. So don't get frustrated with yourself if it's like a couple months in and, you know. And I think when you do leave your home and try something different, like you grow leaps and bounds. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Your, for me, traveling, like those three months in Spain, I feel like I lived the emotions of like two years packed yeah, together yeah. into these three months. Yeah. Well, Helen, now that you're home, how is it like for you? I feel like I'm doing exactly what I did before I left. <laughs> I, I remember, we might have recorded this too. I, I remember saying that when I came back, I wanted more me time. Yeah. Like time for myself and time to like read a book and, <laughs> and, and just like write in my journal more consistently. And I have not had time to do that at all. Is there anything that you miss about about your time there? I think the the freedom of just having time. Mm. And I remember when I was there and having that time, I was like, oh, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I'm not filling up this empty time. But yeah, like those those luxuries of just having time for yourself and also traveling and seeing so many different things and learning and absorbing versus here. I think it, it feels more like I'm just pushing from like, date like event to event to event Mm -hmm. to yeah which I don't think is a bad thing it's good one thing that I miss while I was abroad is that I didn't feel like I was building something Mm. right like building something more longer term I was building on myself and my Mm -hmm, character while I was over there but here it's more like building ABG or like building things at work and and building relationship with like my boyfriend now right right all that was not available so no matter no matter where you are grass is always greener on the other side always 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 it was so great to catch up with Helen. I know we haven't really got to talk to you as much about your travels because, you know, we usually talk every day, but now to hear about, like, what you went through, it's like, man, we definitely missed you. I missed oh, you. I missed you guys back. Too. I, so, back. I didn't get to go to visit you when Janet went to visit. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, Janet and I had fun off $3 bottles of wine. <laughs> I'm sure you guys did. Um, but I'm happy that you guys also got to, like, get an update about what us three have been up to there is so much in store for season three. We are so excited. We did have an Instagram live kind of talking about what we want to accomplish for this season. We do want to be more interactive with you guys. We're trying to host more um, like IG lives with you guys. And we're thinking about doing some possible meetups. Shit. Hopefully people <laughs> come. <laughs> if uh, not, it'll just be us, us three drinking wine. And drinking wine. You know what? That's, I'm okay with that too. That's okay. Yeah. That sounds like an awesome time. But join us. <laughs> yeah, please. We've had some requests from people um, about whether we are selling t-shirts or hats or merch. So we're starting to do a bit of research into that. And if you guys have any specific items that you'd like to see, you know, send us messages on either Instagram or you can email us at asianbossgirl at gmail.com. And I think another goal for ours for this season, at least, is we've been getting a couple of emails for speaking engagements. And I mean, if you have connections or are part of a company that does want to bring us out to do a speaking engagement, please send us an email. I was like, all right, you guys, this wraps up the first episode of season yeah. three. We are fucking excited to be back. We're officially, officially back with the release of this episode. So Woo. Yeah. every Thursday, yeah. we will be back. Here we are yeah. in your ear. <laughs> speaking of being in your ear, um, you should just subscribe. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right, that's good. Keep going, Jen. Speaking of being in your ear, if you want us in your ear um, on the weekly, you should hit that subscribe button on iTunes. Uh, You can always give us a rating and a review too if you're enjoying what you're listening to. We very much appreciate that. 
We're also very active on social media. So if you guys listen to this episode, leave us a plane emoji in the comments. A plane emoji? Like, like plane an airplane. One? Airplane. Yeah, like a, a blank emoji. <laughs> oh, plane. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're officially back with these lame jokes. <laughs> but yeah, so we're also, we're active on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So catch us there as well. And we'll see you all next Thursday. Bye. Bye.